0: Welcome to On The Map. I'm Lee Carrier, your host. I'm the CEO and founder of Double Forte, a national independent public relations, social media, and communications agency. We are on a mission to help companies from the solopreneur to the mid-cap market maker achieve their goal, get on the map, be known for what they're great for, and make a difference in the world. At the end of the show, which is about 20-ish minutes, I will share with you how to become a guest on the show, so please stick around for that. In the meantime, here's the next 23, 24 minutes of greatness in marketing communications and helping people get on the map with real-life advice. Here we go! Hi, everybody, it's Lee Kerr again, and I'm here with Wendy Keys, who is joining me on On the Map to talk about how she has really developed and um, grown rapport international since she bought it so many years ago to really be the thing, the thing in um, global communication. Uh, from a different perspective than what I usually talk about from a PR perspective. So Wendy, thank you so much for being on on the map. I so appreciate your time. Oh, my pleasure. I'm thrilled to be here, Lee. Awesome. So I'm just going to tell you a little bit about um, her and her company. So Wendy Pease is the owner and president of Report International, a Metro West Boston translation and interpretation services company specializing in marketing, legal, and medical life sciences translation. And throughout her career, she has worked with hundreds of companies to help them communicate across more than 200 languages and cultures. She also has her own podcast. She's also an author, so you know it's going to be good. She's also an CEO member, which we have that in common. So what we're going to talk about from our experiences of how we're going to talk today, uh, as opposed to telling you what to do. So thank you so much for that. So Wendy, tell us about Rapport International and what... You bought this in 1987, or bought this in in 2004. So, what what compelled you to buy this business?
1: Uh, I was laid off on both maternity leaves.
0: Oh my goodness! I thought that was against the law. Maybe not. But you have to
1: prove discrimination. So apparently companies can do it. And so I was just tired of doing the corporate rat race and not being able to control my own destiny. Mm -hmm. So when I ran into somebody at a conference who said, well, buy a company, my brain just started ticking away. And uh, I went online and found this small translation and interpretation company for sale. And as they say, the rest is history. Or her story, I should say.
0: <laughs> her story. Thank you very much for that. So were you already in this business? Were you already in the translation and communication global business? Or was this totally new to you?
1: Oh, it was totally new. Yeah, I so hadn't done go online
0: in and you first this person. That
1: looks good. I don't
0: know nothing about that. I'll do that. Is that what you said?
1: <laughs> Languages? Culture? <laughs> yeah. I've always loved I to travel. <laughs> Ah. Company. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, since
0: you bought the company, so now you've owned the company for what is that, 16, 18 years?
1: 17 years. 17 years. What has happened since you bought it? Oh, it's grown phenomenally. We were not eligible to join the EO when we started. Yeah. And um, now we've grown, I work with a team, I'm not on my own anymore and uh, I still love it. And Google Translate has come in, so that's added a whole new perspective to foreign language translation.
0: So if you had to, so let me, I'm gonna start from the beginning there then. So you buy the company and, Usually, you know, probably in distress of some sort or the CEO wanted to leave or whatever whatever reason they're for sale. The CEO
1: had been running it for 17 years and right. she was just ready to move on and do something Done. else.
0: Yeah. So um, you got there and you're like, here's, the, I have a gem in the rough is what I'm going to guess since you've grown it yeah. too much. Yeah. Um, first of all, what a success story. Congratulations. Second yeah, of all, you all. You um, so once you figured out what you had there, before Google Translate, because you and I have been around long enough to know, you know, we I started my company before Twitter, <laughs> so you started your company before Google Translate, which probably changed your whole business model in some way, shape, or form. But when you um, bought the company and you were thinking about, okay, now I got to grow it and now I got to get new clients, what we, how did you go about it?
1: Well, the the prior owner Lisa Gavigan said the the company really responds to marketing. And she was right. So what I did was I went through all the client files, and they were hard copy files at the time, and she didn't have a website yet. And she just didn't have the energy and the interest in doing it. Um, The CRM was still on, on written cards. And so I came in and I went through all the files, I plucked down the company names and the contact names, put them into a CRM and just started calling them. And so, you know, built relationships. I didn't tell them I bought the company. I'm the new owner. I right, right, just right. I'm Wendy from Rapport International. What are you doing? What's what's working? What's not? What do you need? Uh-huh. Um, and then uh, called a lot of clients that had gone stagnant to try to figure out who who their current contact was, and then just started networking and building relationships. And she was absolutely right. It responds well to to Marketing and sales, and yeah, I really think that if anybody is going to get into owning a business, that they better be willing to wear that marketing and sales hat because it's a it's a big part of what a business owner does. Is Luckily, I love it.
0: Calling people is that what you're marketing was? <laughs> uh, at that point, it was yeah,
1: yeah, and so getting think a think website
0: up. You know, a lot of people think that marketing has to be advertising or PR or direct mail. But the purest form of marketing is just getting on the phone.
1: Yeah, because sales is a somebody. subset of marketing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Talking to someone, figuring out what their problems are, because then you can serve the problem, I assume. Yes. With what you did. Yeah.
1: The and then I did a of lot of networking, right? networking. Filling a need. <laughs> filling a need. You Identifying need and
0: filling a need. Do that.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, we're did done. <laughs> That
1: story on filling the need. Right. So I was, I lived in California for 10 years. And when I was driving cross country to go to business school at Dartmouth, I um, drove cross country and I camped my way across and, and I camped at the one campground where they had an RV and these people were young and they were retired. And so they would start talking about what their business and what they did. And they developed a little fan that would go in refrigerators of RVs because the RV manufacturers didn't want to put a fan in the refrigerator because it's one more moving part that could break that they'd have to be liable for. So he just sold them at the RV stores and everybody who bought an RV didn't want the food on one side to be frozen and the other food to be raw. So they all buy this little fan.
0: (laughs) Talk about filling a need, right? It's like that thing that you find in pizza boxes that keeps the box off the cheese yes right yeah every time we get pizza which is not very often but still every time we get pizza my husband goes why does someone not advertising these things? perfect advertising feeling a need or you know rubber bands I don't even know right right
1: but they don't need to advertise because they've got a very defined market. Define it's the market, pizza box right? manufacturers, yeah. So
0: in that court, and that well, in that case, right? You're to captured market. Just be there, be where they are, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, but it's yeah. A- translation. It's not so much of a captured market. A
0: higher level on the Mavlov scale. I'm going yeah. <laughs> to
1: <laughs> it is really hard to figure out which companies need translation. Right.
0: Well, I imagine that market's only increasing every day. Yes.
1: Yes. Right? yes. When I first bought the company, I'd go to networking events and people would say, translation, who needs that? What is it? And then 10 years ago, Google Translate came in and people were like, well, Google Translate's here now. Is that going to put you out of business? And We didn't know what it was going to do to the market. It just elevated the visibility of it. And now people know that there's a difference between Google Translate which is not high quality versus translation, no, translation. Where, some, where it's good.
0: You're getting where context, you're getting, I imagine, right?
1: Culture, you're culture getting context, message yeah. is accurate. It's, you're getting good writing. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so can, can I, so do you speak multiple languages? Or do your people speak multiple languages? Yeah,
1: no, <laughs> we do over 200 languages. Wow. So I speak a little bit of Spanish, French, and Italian, but um, mostly I do the language of business. And then right. the we have hundreds of subcontractors that specialize in their language pair and their subject matter.
0: The language pair could be French to English or Ukrainian to Russian, that'd be helpful right now, or whatever, right? Yes. I got it. Yeah. Got it.
1: And if it's a marketing translation, it's going to be a different person than if it's a say an engineering patent translation. Right.
0: Wow. So complicated. So how many 1099s do you have every year then?
1: I don't even know. There's a ton of them that go <laughs> so out. Many
0: <laughs> so many of them. Um, yes. So I imagine too that those co- those contractors are also in high demand. So not only do you have to get the clients who have the business, but then you also have to attract the contractor because you can't keep someone who I imagine, can't keep someone who does Japanese to French on the payroll 24 seven.
1: No, no. So we develop right. relationships and use them when we have projects come up. So marketing yeah. on both
0: sides of the coin.
1: Yes. Yes. Although, you know, we do more marketing to gather the clients because when we get a stable pool of highly qualified linguists, then we reuse them when we have the need. So, you know, we're always looking for linguists, particularly for interpreters, you know, the the people that run around to doctor's appointments and legal Mm -hmm. appointments, um, you know, that's harder because they have to be at a certain schedule and you've got logistics. But for translators...
0: Not just in the Boston area or Nebraska. Tell yeah, me about yeah. Nebraska, your business is also in Nebraska. Tell me yes. ne- why Nebraska. I made a second
1: acquisition about six, seven years ago in Nebraska. And oh. you know, it was a, another business owner that was ready to move on and do something else. And I thought, Nebraska, that's a really weird place for it. But it ends up if you take all the states and you put them in four categories top being, you know, like California and, you know, Miami, New York, you know, Florida, um, you know, you're going to have needs in those places. Nebraska ends up being in the second tier because there's so many refugees that settle there. Right. It's very safe. It's affordable. There's good education. Unemployment is, um, right. you know, is low. So a lot of people go out there and a lot a lot of our interpreters are refugees and their stories are flipping mind-blowing, yeah. mind-blowing.
0: Okay. So I live in, like I said, I live in Wisconsin and we've, um, we we were, were set up to take a big chunk of Ukrainian refugees. And we've just taken on uh, 10,000, I think, um, Afghan refugees as well. So we have the same kind of, well, I mean, just it, it's been a magnet because it's in the Midwest, number one. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Career,
0: right. Um, but I can, Oh, and, and it's I can safe and there's that. good schools and yeah. there's employment. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, if you market, so, so you market, are you marketing on a global scale or on a location? I mean, just in the United States, where do you, where are your clients from?
1: clients are from all over the world. It really depends. Um, probably about 10 years ago when people started doing social media where they'd put a landing page in list cities, Uh um, people started calling up and saying, well, are you based near Boston? And I was like, yes, I am. And I couldn't figure out why they were asking the question. Then I realized it was because of the, the, you know, SEO tactics that people were using. So when we looked at it at that point, people wanted somebody who was located close to them. I think those walls have come down
0: some. <laughs> like in uh, Game of Thrones when Arya sticks her, you know, thing into the ice game. Yes. crumble. Yeah.
1: So we're starting to do more, and then um, we have international clients, but this over this next year, year and a half, we're going to focus on getting more international clients. We now have a um, we, ha- we haven't figured out what to call it, maybe you'd have a good idea, is it, you need a market entry strategy when you're going to enter a new market. And that can be everything from logistics to regulations to currency to you know your marketing and sales. And we do a market entry where we do analysis of your buyer persona and your differentiators. And it's, so it's really a marketing specialty mm-hmm. for marketing entry. Um, and then we're also going to get... It's the best kept secret and US companies don't access it you can get a grant to help you translate update your website and then translate it or to help you go to trade conferences internationally to grow your international business so i've been talking about them and referring people all over for that
0: because you know the people who are listening are the people who are you know have done something but i really want to get broaden their markets and not quite sure and of course on the map it could be figurative, it could be literal. So what did you just say? Where you can get grants to do
1: what? Help you expand your international marketing. Where do you get these grants from? You get them from your state. And so no matter what state you are, and if, you're go, if you go to our website, report Translations, uh-huh. and you go to the little search bar on the top right, and you type in grants, it'll bring up blogs and links to your exact connection in your state that you can contact and apply. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And they have this money. There's a bunch of states that have money left over this year that people haven't used yet. And they don't allocate money into marketing it because they want to give you, they don't want to use the market, the, the dollars from the federal government to market their programs, they want to give it to business owners to help them grow their international business. So it is huge. I just came back from a conference with all the, trade, the state trade representatives there talking about it.
0: All right, people, you now have your plan.
1: <laughs> and it doesn't matter, when you talk about on the map, Number one, it doesn't matter which country you're going to. You can start with Canada, Mexico. You can pick, you know, you can go big and go to China. If you're an e-commerce company, I've been analyzing these sites and you're running ads on social media or you're putting it on Amazon and Amazon's using Google Translate and people are just going to fly through your stuff because it doesn't make sense. If you if you have an e-commerce company, you should be developing a strategy for for how you're launching internationally because you're already out there. You're just missing mm-hmm. sales. If you're a startup company, think global from the start mm-hmm. because I've seen too many particular translation. I mean, um, technology companies or manufacturing companies that develop something and they didn't think global from the start. And then, they, then they're then they not set up to go international. Right, you can't retro.
0: It's very hard to retrofit that a concept. Yeah. Very yeah, hard to retro.
1: Mm -hmm. It is. So think global from the start, even if you don't think you're going to be doing it for the number of years, you want to have somebody in there that's saying, okay, what about global? What about global? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then go get the grants.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. Well, you know, there's so much, you know, so many people have quit their jobs in the last two and a half years. We were recording this in the March 30th, 2022, you know, 22 million people quit their, well, 22 million lost their jobs in 2020. Another Mm -hmm. I mean, some people quit their jobs um, and, and one of the reasons they're not going back to work is that they're starting their own company. So it counts differently, right? Um, yeah. On the roles until you make some money, it doesn't count as a job. So, um, but it, I mean, I think that's awesome advice. Think globally from the start because our world is shrinking. Our world yeah. is shrinking every single day, right? Yeah. Oh um, yeah. Every single day. And the services that um, Wendy's talking about, the mindset that Wendy's talking about will help you succeed wherever you are physically. Yeah. Right? We That's- are, a, um, we started 20 years ago. We are a national firm because um, in public relations, you want, my belief, having done international um, campaigns in many different countries, many different, um, simultaneous campaigns in many different countries and cultures, you really want someone on the ground in that culture, at that time, at least twenty years ago, to be able to do this, um, but so many companies now you can you can get a global audience like when you said on on Etsy tomorrow, yeah. right? Or on Amazon. Yeah. Um, and just okay, actually, and let me go back how to how PR Etsy...
1: company. Well, go ahead. <laughs> The number one export from the United States is services, Mm -hmm. okay? And I wrote this book, The Language of Global Marketing, to talk about how to develop a strategy, a process, what technology to use, what quality do you need? So it's a process for doing it. I've had so many owners of creative and marketing companies Mm -hmm. read the book going, I never thought about going global. And Mm -hmm. PR is really interesting because 20 years ago, you had to have somebody on the the ground now there's associations of PR agencies so yep. you can develop partnerships with companies mm-hmm. Which to is what help we have you done fill- yeah. yes good oh good. So we' done doing. that.
0: I mean we found our uh, I mean basically, because of the categories we're in not all not all the networks work because you want to find the best people for what we do, and so it may actually in u k we have three different partners for three different categories and all kinds of stuff. right um. Oh, so you've but
1: developed your own. Our, well, partners. I've been doing this
0: for a long time, Wendy. So, yeah, I knew some people. <laughs> but if I was starting, <laughs> if I was young and start, I mean, not that I'm not young, but you know what I mean? If I was yeah. starting again, I would definitely have, I mean, at the beginning, when I started the company in 2020, 20, 2002 is when I started it. I didn't care to be international because of what it had meant. Now, that was again, I started my company before Twitter. Twitter changed the whole thing right? So um, if I was starting again today, I would definitely have a different point of view. I may only do English language, even though you do need translation in English language um, Mm. um, because the size of my company, but um, anyway, yeah, that is awesome. Awesome. See, that's
1: the thing is is you do English only, but uh, Matt, you know how to release it over the social media or the platforms that you need to. So somebody, if you have a company that's in multiple countries, you come to somebody like us that has a 100% guarantee. Right. We're not using any machine right. technology. We got 100, you know, right. we translate it. Then you've got the copy that you can release. Mm-hmm. That's the key. That's the key. It's the key, yeah. I mean,
0: you would never release the same thing in Australia that you would release in the United States or in the UK. No. No, ever, we do ever, English to English, English translation. Yeah, ever, ever, no. ever, ever, ever. No, no, no. no. I mean, no.
1: It, sometimes you do different press releases for different regions of the U.S. Yeah, too.
0: Absolutely. We do
1: like the Northeast would be very different from California. Or the depending South.
0: on what your category what is. you're yeah. talking about.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Well, in this country, too, I mean, the Spanish language, it's only increasing. Right. So uh, Spanish language. Um, the Spanish if you were if I was going to start a PR firm today, I would start it in Spanish Spanish language only. I would do it in Spanish English, I guess. Yeah, Spanish English. Yeah, I know um, with the emphasis on Spanish, because that's where there's only opportunity there.
1: The United States has the second largest Spanish speaking population in the world. Mexico has the most Spanish speakers, uh-huh. then the US, and then all the other countries like Spain and Peru right. and Argentina. Yeah, so it's a huge. Do you know what the official language or languages is are of the United States?
0: English? Nope. Nope. What are they?
1: We don't have an official language. Is that right? No official language. And um, government, oh legal, medical, schools, they all have regulations that you have to provide in mm-hmm. language communications to the the users All right. of those services I'm getting
0: on my uh, anti Karen. Uh, sorry, we don't we just met, Wendy, but now you're going to know a little bit more about politics. Hey, if there are any Karen's listening, which I'm pretty sure they're not because you would have dropped off a long time ago. But the next time you say speak English, here in America, you're wrong. All right. Good. Good to know. Absolutely. I know. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. I learned something. I learned so many things already. It's only been 20 minutes. It's awesome. I-
1: Yes, no. And and manufa- or people who can hire people that don't speak English and they can develop an inclusive environment are fully employed. Oh they're not struggling fully. De- s- yes. Because there's Absolutely. plenty of people that can't learn a second language, but they're really smart in engineering or, you know, other things that they can do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, if I go back to where, so now you are, um, 17 years into this business, you've grown it exponentially since when you took it over, you've expanded, mm-hmm. um, your services You've ex- and Google. And I think that's the piece, right? When the technology comes along, this happened, I mean, I've seen this happen in the uh, my services business over and over and over again, you know, we get a technology for, oh, uh, you, there's a de- there's a database with everybody you need to know in it. Yeah, it's a good start, but it doesn't really help, right? Because yeah. there's so much, wrong. there's no way to keep it up to date in, in all the knowledge uh, that we have of all these people that we talk to. The technology doesn't, you know, the technology that looks like it might displace you for the kinds of businesses we're talking about, um, brain power businesses, only mm-hmm. gets advanced when a technology comes along that purports to supplant it. and. I'm waiting for the example of when that de- hasn't been true. There's been, you know, obviously robots do b- different businesses and you can do, um, you know, we use a translation, you know, we use a, um, not a translation service, but when we, a transcript service, mm-hmm. we usually get the 80% because we're going to mm-hmm. fool around with it anyway. So we don't need the human one and it costs a lot less, but if we need human, you need a human, right? If yes. you need hundred yeah. percent, you need human. Um, yeah. And, And it doesn't disintermediate the human um, where it's a
1: lot of I mean, I'm fascinated and I follow along with it is what is neural machine translation Mm -hmm. and what is I, uh, you know, AI doing for for language. And there's there's certainly things that it's done. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. it's raised the the you know, just the visibility of languages. Mm-hmm. It's enabled people to communicate in their lift ride when they mm-hmm. wouldn't have been able to before. Um, and then there's also, if you have something that can be standardized in a format, you can use it over and over again. So for example, if you go to Airbnb, you know, I love that site mm-hmm.
0: um, and you well, want Well, for a traveler to- like you, I can only imagine you love that site. <laughs>
1: Uh-huh. And you get, you know, you get to stay in people's homes or in their mm-hmm. places in the neighborhood that you might not be. But if you go in there, their their content is very standardized and they use images really well. Yeah. So they can reuse their, their translations over and over again. Mm-hmm. And then, like say i'm putting my house up on airbnb and i put the description and what i'm close to in english they can use google translate into all the other languages that that google mm-hmm. says so somebody from the ukraine could look at my mm-hmm. description and get the just enough of what it says it doesn't have to be perfect cuz we're not expecting perfection there cuz right. it's not a company but the translation that airbnb is putting out has to be high quality because right. that's representing the face of their company right, so
0: right,
1: right so it's not going to take over where the human has to come in and you think about creative writing for marketing oh my or god the amount of time Please you people. spend creating yeah
0: sometimes we need translation to- from english to english okay? i'm just saying <laughs>
1: Well, that we do when you start talking about Australia and London. I mean, we've done that. I mean, that even in the United States,
0: States. like, what is this? What does this mean?
1: And that's usually the bad writing. Yeah. Okay. Oh. What is this trying to say?
0: Oh, what, do you, what do you want to get across? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well, yeah. I'm so intrigued with, I'm so impressed with your growth and what sort of your thinking process for your business. And uh, I'm just, you know, if, if, um, and what. I love how you started by just making phone calls to your current customers. Cause always, if you, if you have a current customer, that's the best, we always say in double forte, the most important um, audience is always your employees first and your customers second. Cause if you don't mm. keep your employees, it doesn't matter if you have customers or not. Right. Um, and that probably and that's always been true, but it's never been so true as today, right? But the customers are where you're going to get your best, always your best clients. And by best, I mean, easiest, because it's an easy sell, shortest sell. You have have a a language together, no pun intended, um, Mm -hmm. and you know their protocols and it's just easier, right? Um, And you always wanna, you know, you always wanna have some low friction business that will help build your new business, right? Mm -hmm. People you don't know. So I'm really, you know, so you came in, you started talking to everybody who was a client that built your, rebuilt the revenue, I imagine, that helped you identify new services, I imagine. And then, um, and the world started changing 2004. I'm like, oh my gosh, so 2008, everything's, you know, collapsed, but the world got smaller in 2008 and got smaller again in 2010. And that was really small in 2020, you know, it keeps smaller, but the languages. You know, you're I mean the language in the major languages, which is what you're talking. I mean, not the disappearing languages is what you're probably talking about, right? Yeah, and,
1: there's like six thousand languages yeah. in the world, but if you, you speak one of a couple dozen, you're in the top
0: you're good, s-
1: right? 75% of them, 60 to 75 percent. Yeah.
0: And then your book, run, don't walk and buy this book, people. And then the other idea of think globally from the beginning. If you're starting a company yeah. now, which so many people are, mm-hmm. it's it's daunting. It's daunting. Oh my gosh, who am I going to get as a client? Who am I going to? What am I going to sell? How am I going to get customers? But if you think globally from the beginning, because your market is global, if you're online, you are by definition global. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're in the middle of redoing our website and now. I'm just panicked that we haven't thought this through. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Wendy. Thanks a lot. No, I'm kidding.
1: It's number one, don't put the Google translate plugin in there. If you want to know, her. I go to my website and read tons of material about it. The second is, is just leave room for a little globe up on the top right-hand side of your navigation. When you're ready to translation, somebody would click on the globe. You'd have a drop-down menu of yep. the languages that you provide, unless you really want to localize by country, but that's another discussion. Uh-huh. So you do the language. So Translate the language. So if you do the drop down, don't say Chinese, Spanish put it in, in the, the Chinese. Espanol characters, right. characters.
0: Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. OK,
1: so somebody can navigate to it to start out easy. You just click the language and you go to a landing page that answers the top five questions that your clients are going to ask something about you. And and your call to action, you know, your hook. <laughs> <laughs> the top five questions about you, and then your call to action. And that, it, it, and optimize it for keywords and make sure you do your right. metadata and your tags on there, because then it can be found. People can navigate to it and you can take them through the buyer's process. But
0: even that, um, even what you said about the advice of leaving space, because even if you don't start with the globe up there to start, but if you leave the space with the intention, yeah. if you're doing WordPress or whatever you're doing, then you don't have to retrofit. Retrofitting is so expensive. It never works well. It's better to start from scratch, frankly. Um, yeah. That's genius. Yeah, wow. and so
1: many people think that they have to do their whole website, but that's what my premise is, is start with a landing page. And then when you're posting additional content, see what content performs well, then mm-hmm. translate that and have a blog going on your language page. So, mm-hmm. you know, and optimize it for keywords. Mm-hmm. Um and then people are going to find you and people, you've got to make sure to put the href tag into for mm-hmm. the language right. or the country, you know, that's in your backend programming, okay. but it's so simple. And I'm happy to talk to anybody about what their top five questions should be Wonderful. on there or how they navigate it or how they think
0: about it. That's super generous. Well, yeah. I'm looking at the, you can all look, I went over, sorry. Production is going. Of course she did. Uh, <laughs> as usual, <laughs> Wendy, I've so enjoyed talking with you. Gosh, I learned so much today. If people want to get hold of you, where should they go? Um, go to our website, which is rapport
1: translations. If you don't sp- speak French, it's spelled R A P P O R T. And then, excuse me, translations.com. Mm-hmm. so we have tons of information you can go there to search for grants you can go to our resource center um you can find the book you can find the podcast um wonderful so and you can contact me through that Great. um and i'm very active on linkedin twitter facebook so you can follow me wendy peas like peas and carrots but with yeah. an e at the end right uh, so you can find me or reach out to me there
0: wonderful well, thank you so much for joining me on, on the map. I've learned so much today. My mind is about to explode from all that. Uh, <laughs> really, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I have to do this, this, and this, and this. So helpful. Um, and I hope you come back in the future. and We talk about um, maybe some of your clients and how they've done that global entry kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah, Awesome. Me too. <laughs> all right, everybody. Until next time, I'm Lee Careher, and this is On the Map. Thank you so much for listening to On the Map. If you're a successful entrepreneur of a company, or if you are a, a marketing executive who has had success on getting on the map in your industry or your location or among certain different consumers or customers, I would love to talk to you about how you did it, what programs and tactics you use to become known, become famous for what you do, the difference you make for your customers and your clients or your consumers. Um, In order for you to apply, just go over to my website, go.double-forte.com backslash podcast slash guest and that's a mouthful it'll be in the show notes so just go down there and apply we are publishing on the map all the time with awesome guests who are sharing for from the trenches ideas and success stories that we can all apply in our own businesses so it to get all of the shows and not miss anything please subscribe and i so appreciate you if you can also Give me a thumbs up or give me a rating. This helps the show be seen. I can't under, you can't underestimate the power of a, a thumbs up, and I would really appreciate it. Thanks for listening, and now it's time for you to go get on the map.